There is an unseen hand to me that leads Welcome to the Unseen Hand Podcast, featuring the pulpit ministry of missionary evangelist Ronnie Brown. Listen in as Brother Ronnie shares the truth of the Bible and how God's unseen hand can lead and guide your life with each and every verse. This hand still leads me as I go. Genesis chapter number 15. Now we've been doing a series on Sunday mornings going through where God interrupts. And we're looking at the places in the Bible where it says, but God, but the Lord where God interrupts people's lives, where God interrupts people's uh, situations. You remember the first message we brought where God interrupts our our perspective. And the psalmist said uh, he was all down on himself because all the wicked world was doing fine. He said, but I went down to the house of the Lord and God changed his perspective. The The next passage we looked at was where Joseph was in the prison. And it said, but the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph, uh, we can know that God butts in in our persecutions. Also, we can find in last week's, I believe it was last week, where God interrupts our progeny, talking about our children and our descendants and how to leave a godly heritage. And, And God can interrupt our children's lives. Now that we've come to Genesis chapter 50 and a very familiar passage of Scripture. Genesis 50, look at verse 15. Let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's inerrant, infallible Word. Genesis chapter 50 and look at verse 15. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preventure hate us and will certainly require us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and and their sin, for they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when when they spake unto him. Notice verse 18. And when his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. Here's our interruption. But God meant it unto good, and to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. Verse 21. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you, and I will end your little ones. And he, sp- and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I want you to notice verse 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God interrupted that. God changed that, but God meant it unto good. You can be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I want you to see how God interrupts our suffering. How God interrupts our suffering. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, thanking you for your word, Father. We have cast our eyes. We have come and focused our attention of our hearts in this passage of Scripture. Father, I pray that you would begin to move and to work in these people's hearts here listening today. 
Father, doubtless we have faced things in our lives that we don't understand. Such sufferings have come along that have blindsided us, that have caused us to wonder and to think, is God, is God have a purpose? Is God have a plan? Is this, uh, how in the world is God going to use this for my good and His glory? I pray that we would use that as a, uh, we would see today that you do that in our lives. That all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. God, we pray for Brother Tony as I forgot to pray early. We pray you'd touch his arm, help him to recover from his injuries. We pray uh, for Tara Horton's families in Texas and, and they may be uh, uh, recovering from the damage of the hurricane. God, we pray that you'd preserve their lives and meet their needs. Father, I pray that you'd take the word of God that we preach this morning and, and seal it in our hearts, Father. Help the needs in this building. Call sinners unto repentance, Father. Use this to glorify yourself. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You know, in this text, we learn that God interrupts our suffering, as I said a moment ago. God has a way of taking the sufferings and the difficulties of our life and turning them for good in our lives. I recently read about a Chinese gentleman that lived on the border of China, China and Mongolia. In those days, there was constant conflict between China and Mongolia. This man, this Chinaman, had a beautiful horse, a mare. And one day that mare somehow jumped the corral of the fence and ran away from his owner over the border into Mongolia. And the Mongolians took it as their own. The friends, uh, uh, the local neighbors came to the Chinaman and began to console him and telling him what bad news this was. And the Chinaman said, well, this may not be bad news. It may be good news. And lo and behold, a few days later, the mayor returned and brought a stallion with her. A beautiful white stallion from the Mongolians over to himself. He locked him up in his corral. The neighbors came by to the Chinaman and they said, Oh, we rejoice. This has been good news for you. And the Chinaman said, Well, you don't know that. This could be bad news. Sure enough, a couple of weeks later, the man's young son was out trying to break this white stallion that followed the mayor back. And in doing so, the, the stallion threw the young man and the young man broke his leg. As always, the neighbors gathered around. They talked about what bad news this was. The Chinaman said, no, this may not be bad news. It may be good news. Sure enough, a couple of weeks later, the Chinese and Mongolian armies began to face one another. Uh, the, 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 the emperor sent conscriptions into the, into the village calling every young man to come into battle. And so every young, all the young men of the village went out to the battle and they were all slaughtered, every one of them, save one. The one who did not go because of his broken leg. You see, the Chinaman went on to say, that uh, went to tell his friends, you see, the things that you thought were bad turned out good and the things that you thought were good turned out bad. Well, you see, uh, in our lives, we do not know what bad news is and we do not know what good news is. Suffering comes, trials come, difficulties come, and, and, and life holds for uh, those for us. We don't know what lies ahead, but we can know this, that everything, not just the bad news, but the good news as well, everything can be worked out by our wise Heavenly Father for our good and His glory. You see, every child of God can know that God will use their suffering 
for our own good and His glory by holding fast to the three following truths we see in our text. And it's written all over verse 20. Ye meant it unto evil, Joseph referring to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I want you to see to these three truths that we can apply to our lives and face the sufferings of our lives and have God interrupt them. First of all, I want you to see that suffering comes to instruct us in God's way. Suffering comes to instruct us in God's way. You know, when it comes to the subject of the of suffering in the Bible, Joseph ranks right up there with Jesus and Job. I mean, Joseph suffered unspeakable suffering in his life. Joseph suffered greatly in his life. He suffered rejection. He suffered betrayal. He suffered misunderstanding. He suffered slander, a slander, false accusation. He suffered imprisonment. He suffered the fact of being forgotten altogether. But yet this was the path, the way of God. You know, the, 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 that fact, fact reminds us of this. You know, Joseph's suffering reminds us of this. My first point, a way not of self-diagnosis. A way, often God's way, is not a way we would self-diagnose for our own. As a young teenage man, standing on the brink of a bright and prosperous future, working for his father, do you think Joseph would say, I think I'll take that way. I think I'll take a way of betrayal. I think I'll take the way of the pit. I think I'll take the way of the prison of Potiphar's house. You see, none of us would have chosen that way. No, we wouldn't choose the one of utter humiliation of being a slave. We wouldn't choose the one of rejection by our brethren. We wouldn't say, I think I'll walk down the road of slander and false accusation by Potiphar's wife. No, thank you very much. I wouldn't choose it. If it were laid before me, if I knew the path ahead of time, I wouldn't choose the path that Joseph had to take. Neither would him, for that matter, probably. None of us would choose the path of suffering. We would say to ourselves, are you crazy? Man, I'm going to take the easy way. I like what Dr. Jack Howes used to say. I'll take, I'd, I'd much rather be in the Guinness Book of Records than the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Man, I don't want to suffer. If I can find an easy way, I'll try to take it. But oftentimes, and what Joseph didn't know, that the hard way, the way of suffering, was what ended up in the palace as the second in command in all of Egypt. You see, we wouldn't, and that leads me to the next point. Not only is God's way a way of self, not a way of self-diagnosis, but God's way is a way of sovereign determining. Sovereign determining. They plan for this evil. Those of what, notice what Joseph said. You meant it for evil, for calamity, for adversity. You see, what they did was sinful. They coveted Joseph's position. They stole their father's son. They lied about it to their father. And they did not honor their father by telling them the truth. They broke God's commandments. What they did was sinful. You need to say this in your heart right now. That God is not the author of, of, of sin. God is not the author of sin in our lives. God is not the author, author of calamity. He may permit it. He may hold back. He may open the floodgates and allow that to happen. But He is not the author of it. 
You see, oh, he, he may permit evil, but he does not originate sin. God takes the evil circumstances and in his infinite wisdom and foreknowledge develops a path for his child to walk in. That's what he did in Joseph's life. His sons, uh, the, the sons of Jacob, uh, betrayed their brother, threw him in the pit, sold him down the river, sold him into slavery, and God takes that path, and in His infinite wisdom, His foreknowledge leads a path of deliverance. I like what old Billy Kelly, the old preacher, used to say, God can turn it around. And that's exactly what He did in the way of Joseph. Warren Wiersbe said this, he said the he calls this what God did here for Joseph the wise providence of a loving father who does all things well and as it says in Romans 8:28 promises to make everything work for good. You see we have a wise father that develops a path no matter what the devil throws at us. Tonight in our evening service we'll be in Nehemiah chapter number 4. And we find the enemy raising its ugly head. And we're going to be talking about that enemy. But no matter what the enemy, Satan, no matter what the enemy of this world, the enemy within my flesh throws at me, God can take it and make it for my good. You see, He uses suffering to instruct us in the way of God. But not only does He use suffering to instruct us in the way of God, He uses suffering to inject us in the work of God. Notice verse 20, what it said. But as for you, ye thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And then notice what He adds on to it. And to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. You see, He, he said that God meant it, for, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, and to the saving of many lives, to a great work. God had endeavored in His infinite wisdom to spare His people uh, and, and also the land of Egypt and many of the surrounding uh, nations from the famine that was going to hit. And so in His infinite wisdom, He began to inject Joseph into the work of God. A work of saving people alive. Now notice this work. It's a work that's spared from famine. We realize in that latter part of the verse to save much people alive, what are they talking about? You remember the story? Remember the catalyst to this whole thing? What brought all, all this on? Pharaoh had a dream. And God had gifted Joseph for the interpretation of, of dreams. Despite the suffering that Joseph was be Don't tell me life in the prison was easy. I don't care if you were the head man in charge. Don't tell me life as a servant, as a slave in Potiphar's house was easy despite his position. Don't tell me life in the pit is an easy, easy life. No, it's not an easy life. But that did not tear away the gift that God had given him. Despite what he was going through, no matter how difficult he the gift that God had given him had not been taken away. Uh, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Uh, he can't wrestle. No matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what suffering we endure, it cannot tear from our hands the gifts and the callings that God has given us. No matter how much you are suffering, the gifts that God has given you cannot be plucked away. There is a famine in the land. Notice that. There's a famine in the land. And your, your testimony in the, and you're a testimony in the midst of suffering. God may use you to the saving of many lives. I think about missionary Amy Carmichael. 
Amy Carmichael was a missionary to South India as she never she had never experienced suffering until she found herself on the mission field. She spent 56 years on the mission field and never returned home to England on furlough. Did you hear that? 56 years of missionary work. The last 20 of each of which she spent in bed due to a leg injury. And while Amy Carmichael lie in pain for 20 years on a bed on a mission field in a foreign land, she wrote some 40 odd, uh, uh, 40 of her books from that bed. And God used her experience of suffering to bring encouragement to millions of people. No matter what of the circumstances we receive, God will not waste an experience if we will remain obedient to Him. You see, God used experience to inject Joseph into a work. He used his very own suffering to inject him into work, to put him in a place of saving much lives. A work that's uh, spared, of, uh, that's, uh, spared from famine. A work that saved a family. Notice who Joseph's talking to here. Joseph's talking to his brother. His father had just died living a long life. You see, the family of Jacob had been devastated by the loss of Joseph. Remember what Jacob said? He said, man, my life is over, basically. When they come and told him that Joseph had died, he said, my life is over. It's no more, It's not even worth living anymore. He sunk into despair. The brothers turned against their father by lying against him. Uh, the family was in dishevels. The, through this suffering of Joseph, God was endeavoring to salvage a family. <laughs> Through Joseph's suffering, he was endeavoring to place back together the broken fragments of a family. I've seen it before. You probably have as well. You have a child get sick in a family. You have a a loved one, a grandmother get sick and be on their deathbed. Oftentimes, it becomes a catalyst for bringing a family together. Oftentimes, we can account our suffering as God doing a work to bring a family together. God used this uh, suffering of Joseph to restore joy to a father, to forgive the sins of a brother. It could be that God may use suffering to reach your wayward child. It could be that God used suffering to reach your wayward daughter. It could be God, uh, God that God is using your suffering, your trial, your difficulty to salvage your family for the sake of eternity. You see, suffering has a place. That's exactly what it did here. It brought a family together. It worked to save a family. Uh, This was not only a work to spare from famine, to save a family, but it was a work that secured a future. Had it not been for the suffering of Joseph, sold into slavery, imprisoned, and the the promised seed of Abraham would have perished in the famine-ridden land of Canaan. If it hadn't been for the suffering of Joseph in the pit, in the prison, in Potiphar's house, this family, God's seed would have died in the wilderness. You see, God uses suffering to secure a future. But God is doing a work. Listen, I'll admit this work can't be traced from from the bottom of the pit, from the bottom of the prison. I'll be honest with you. There's been many times where I've had difficulty and trial, and in the midst of the trial, reach up and call to God and say, what in the world are you doing? I just don't understand. I'll admit, be the first one. 
Uh, Brother Chris, what you're going through and all the difficulty and the, the health of your wife and things like I can't explain it. I don't know. But I know He's working it together for our good and His glory. The things you go through in your life, God may use it to secure a future. You see, that's what He's doing in the life of Joseph. He is doing this work of, of, of suffering and pain, yet this work was the fulfilling of the promise of God to secure the generations to come. You realize that through the suffering of Joseph, that God's keeping His promise? Well, how difficult. How difficult can that be that, to realize that in my suffering and in my pain, God's just keeping His promise He made to Abraham. What did He say to Abraham? I'll make your seed as the sands of the earth, as the stars of the sky. You know what He's doing? When He put Joseph in the pit, when he was betrayed, when he was slandered by Potiphar's wife, when he was sold in the, in the chains of slavery, God was simply keeping His promise. You see, what is it Isaiah 55 tells us? We don't, his ways are so higher than ours. Oh, I, I can't attain to them. I can't understand. Our ways are not His ways. His ways are above our ways. And I can tell you from the bottom of the pit and the inside of a prison cell, it doesn't look like God's keeping His promises, but that's exactly what we see in God's Word. And if you lay hold of that, if you cleave to that in suffering, you'll realize that maybe that's what God's doing. He's securing my future. He's bringing together my family. He's saving a nation, you see, through our suffering. You see, suffering comes, first of all, to instruct us in God's way. To, him as, to put us in a path. To show us the way of God. Suffering comes to inject us in the work of God. A lot of times it'll take a stick of dynamite to get a lot of us in the work of God. A lot of times God will cause suffering to boot us into the will. I believe that's what God did in Joseph's case. To put him right in slam in the middle of God's work and what he was doing. Salvaging a family. Saving a nation. But notice last of all, suffering comes to enclose us in God's will. Suffering comes to enclose us in God's will. Oftentimes, suffering comes to enclose us or to bottle us up in God's will. Francis de Sales wrote this: "If you want only pure water, what uh, what be uh, see, what does it matter to me whether it be brought in a vase of gold or glass? What is it to me whether the will of God be presented to me in tribulation or consolation?" Since I desire to seek only divine will. That's the mindset we all have to have. We all have to come and encounter sufferings in life. You're, you're not immune to them. Just because you know God. Just because you put your trust in the Lord Jesus. You've been to the cross. Uh, Christ has saved you from your sin. Does not immune you from suffering. And we must lay hold of the fact that this suffering oftentimes draws us and encloses us. Bottles us up in the will of God. The will of God. Notice, first of all, it, 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 this is done to enclose us in His plan. Despite the fact that living in the center of God's, uh, despite the fact that living in the center of God's will, no matter what circumstances may be experienced, it is the sweetest, most peaceful, most fulfilling place to be. Living in the center of God's will no matter how painful, no matter how much suffering, to stand and say, I'm obedient to God. As far as I know, everything is clean between me and me. I am right with God. I, want, I endeavor to follow God, being slammed in the middle of His will. 
is the greatest place to live your life. To know and do the will of God is the greatest fulfillment in life. You see, many of us would run from, we'd run like a scalded dog if God took a box and said, okay, here's my will for your life. Imagine if the Apostle Paul, if God had a box of the will of God for his life, and on the day of his conversion, he popped it open and said, okay, Paul, I've got... uh, Stonings, I've got uh, shipwreck, I've got beatings, I've got uh, 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 health problems, I've got Satan whispering in your ear. I've got all this in store for you. Why? Paul would have ran like a scalded dog away from it. You see, yet God uses suffering and difficulty to conform us, to hem us in to His plan. Joseph could have never uh, saved, uh, Joseph, excuse me, Joseph could have never saved the, uh, the whole known world at the time had he remained in his father's house. And he, as he remained in his coat of many colors. If he had remained in that position, in his coat of many colors, and, and, and being lord over his brothers, and having great dreams of grandeur, and having his father's affection, I mean, that's where we all want to live, don't we? We want to live with our coat of many colors. Amen. We want to live with those uh, uh, we're over. We want to live with those with the affection of our Father. We want to live with all these benefits. But if He would have lived in the middle of those benefits, they would have died and came. There would have been nation after nation fall. Egypt would have, Egypt would have crushed and many would have went out into eternity. You see, God uses this plan. God uses this suffering to enclose us in His plan. God takes our suffering and uses it to move us into a place of His planned usefulness. The will of God. I want to be useful. Do you want to be useful? Then we need to submit to sometimes the suffering that God gives us. I don't want to suffer no more than anybody. I don't want anything to happen to my boys, my daughter, my family, my wife. I don't want anything to happen to my mom and dad. But I don't know that. I can't be guaranteed of that. I've oftentimes, I'll tell you what, when you hear of kids, I, we recently, I've been driving down the road, they've been having this, uh, this campaign, somebody local here, trying to raise money for uh, some kind of cancer relief for parents who have cancerous children and they have to choose on whether they're going to work or staying with their child taking chemo. And, uh, and I, and, you know, I thought, well, maybe, and they, they had the, lady, the guy that was promoting this had a daughter that he died. He, Lana Beth. It's Lana's love. I think it's the name of the, and it's not a promotion of it. I don't know much about it, but Lana's love. And, um, I kept thinking that this, he'd said she'd lived a happy life, lived a fulfilled life. And I kept thinking in my mind, she was 22, 23 years old, maybe when she passed away. I'm driving down Dayton Boulevard, Boulevard and I look up and see a billboard. I see a picture of a five, six year old little girl. It said Lana's love right next to it. No. Is God taking somebody that young? I, and then I, my mind immediately goes to my child, my children. What about Allison? What if something were to happen to Allison? What if something were to happen to Evan or Grayson? How, how could I deal with such a suffering? How can I, how can I deal with such pain and with such difficulty in my life? Oh, I, I listen, that'd be a time to cling to God's Word. He meant it for evil. Satan means it for evil, but God meant it to good. God may be using it to enclose me into a perfect plan of His will. To enclose us in His plan, but also to enclose us in His purpose. The purpose chosen for God, chosen by God for Joseph. Joseph's life was not to rule over his brothers in his family business, 
but to lord over a nation and to save a nation, a famine-stricken world. God's plan for Joseph was not to wear the coat of many colors. God's plan for Joseph was to ultimately save a nation, save a people, save his family. You see, it puts us in God's purposes. Suffering has a way of placing us into the purposes of God. That's why it's always important to pray when in suffering and in trial, this prayer right here, Lord, I know that you're doing something. Lord, I know that you're doing something. Give me eyes to see it. Give me eyes to see it. So many times bitterness comes. Hey, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the first to, uh, to, in that category. Things happen. Suffering happens. There was a moment in time where I was uh, just uh, as a preacher boy doing here, going there, doing this, doing that, preaching everywhere I could. And I, I, God, why don't you put me in my purpose? Why is this unrest in my heart? Why is this uneasiness in where you'd have me to be? Why? God, and I, oftentimes it can lead to bitterness. The questionings of God. We need to pray, God, give me eyes to see what you're doing. God, give me eyes to, uh, to see your hand in every encounter with suffering in my life. If you don't believe that God uh, takes uh, 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 hardships and suffering and uses them in His purposes, if you don't think God can take the difficulties of life and the trials and the pains and uses them for His glory, i got some people I'd like to talk to. I'd like for you to ask Moses, what good could come out of spending years in a lonely job with no recognition? Moses, mind you. I want you to ask Abraham or Daniel what good could come from being sent to a place you've never heard of. I want you to ask Stephen and Abel and Jesus what good could come from a life being snuffed out in its prime. I want you to ask Ruth and Naomi and Mary what good could ever come from the loss of a loved one. I want you to ask Job what good could come from the loss of a fortune. I want you to ask Paul what good could it come from physical affliction. I want you to ask Joseph here in our text what good could come from a family conflict. God takes those things in our lives. The faces of of suffering, discouragement, pain, suffering, loss, arguments, things that come into our lives and God takes them and uses them for His glory. They might mean it for evil, but God will turn it for good. God will turn it for good. There's no greater type uh, of our... There's no greater type, finally, closing. There's no greater type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ than in the life of Joseph. No greater type. You look at the life of Joseph. Joseph was one of those characters in the Bible you cannot point to a single problem in his life. Can't point to a sin. Can't point to a, 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 an ill-done thought of any kind of bitterness. He is a perfect type of the Lord Jesus in the Bible. You realize the Lord Jesus suffered in His life and His death. He suffered contradiction from sinners. He suffered the scoff of the religious community. His own people rejected Him. He suffered uh, uh, physical tortures at the hands of the Jews and at the, at the Romans' hands. He ended up his life. He, was di- he died on a cruel cross. He suffered unbelievably. And those, those Roman soldiers, they meant it for evil. Those Jews, they meant it for evil. 
I myself and in my sin, I meant it for evil. In my wicked way, I crucified the Lord Jesus. I meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Let's ask, let's ask one of them. Hey, centurion standing at the side of Jesus with the heavens blackened, uh, uh, the sun blotted out, and the, the rocks rending, the, 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 the chaos at the foot of the cross. Roman soldier, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good in the fact that surely this was the Son of God. The Lord of Jesus died on that cross and we meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's the ultimate turned around, isn't it? Jesus Christ suffering on that cruel death on the cross and yet God took that wicked, vile place of execution and turned it up to something that every believer looks to in hope and in surety of the forgiveness of sins. God can turn it around. God can take your problems and turn them. God can take your suffering and interrupt it and use it for your good and His glory. As we come with a song of invitation, I believe the song number was 337. Let's stand. Song number 337. I don't know what you're going through. We're going through a series right now. Verse by verse. I can't time these. I don't know what you're going through. We go passage by passage. One after another. One after another. But God has a way of taking the Word of God and striking a chord in people's lives. He's an on-time God as we used to sing at Temple. He's all. He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. I, I wonder today what... What, maybe what are you dealing with? What suffering are you going through? What problems and things you, you've been wondering about? You've been letting it turn to bitterness in your own heart? Relinquish that. God is directing you in His way. God is injecting you in His work. God is enclosing you in His will. Embrace it. Hold on to it. And trust the hand of God when you can't trace His hand. What song are we singing? 337. 337, as we sing a song of invitation, if you'd come and maybe God would help your heart this morning. Maybe you want to pour things out before the Lord. Maybe you want to come down this altar and grab both hands on, uh, on Genesis 50 verse 20 and say, I'm going to trust you that they which meant it for evil, God, you'll turn it for good. You come as we begin to sing. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. I'm trusting to We hope and pray that today's episode of the Unseen Hand podcast has been a help and blessing to you. For more information such as other podcasts, ministry helps, blog posts, previous sermons, or how to contact Brother Brown directly, just go to RonnieBrown.net. Join us next time for another message from Brother Ronnie on the Unseen Hand podcast. Until then, may God's unseen hand gently guide you on your journey home. The unseen hand